Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, we're back once again at the corner of Truth and Courage. Thank you for joining us here today. I've been talking to you about a series of messages that I preached here recently at Victory Baptist Church. We're talking about men of destiny. The Bible makes it very clear that, that we have been predestined. We have a destination. God has a destiny, a destination that he desires for men to arrive at. We'll talk at, about what that is in today's broadcast and the discipline it takes to become the man of God that God has a desire for every child of God to be. Before we get into that, let me again remind you we're still in our fundraising campaign. Thank you for those of you who've called. If we missed your call, please be patient with us. We're trying to get back with you, and um, please try again, because sometimes when we try to get back with you, we are playing phone tag. Uh, We're very short-staffed here. We try to be at the phone every time anyone calls, but sometimes we miss it. And uh, when we do, please uh, please try again. And But thank you for those of you who are uh, giving and being a part of our fundraising campaign. Our goal is $20,000. We're not quite at the $10,000 mark yet. They're waiting for some checks to come in that may bump us over uh, the halfway point. But uh, we still have a long ways to go. Maybe today you will help us uh, to... Uh, get further down the road. You can do that by giving us a call. The number is 800-616-0082. That's 800-616-0082. You can always give safely, securely online at fortressoffaith.com. That's fortressoffaith.com. And we are on about 90 stations across the nation. And it makes, um, it does cost to do what we do, but we do a lot for a very small budget, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, others who are in broadcasting marvel at how much we're able to do with such a small budget and small staff. And uh, it's only uh, through uh, God's goodness that we're able to do that and through your generosity. We're grateful to serve the Lord. But it's kind of a partnership here Uh, for me to do what I do. I need you to help us on that side so we can still do it. All right. Again, the number is 800-616-0082. Well, let's get in it here today. There was one time a man riding a horse racing down the lane, and another man called out to him, where are you going? And the guy replied, I don't know. Ask the horse. (laughs) You know, that's kind of like how some people are in life. They're, they're in a rush somewhere. They really don't have a determined uh, direction that they're going in. They're kind of meandering around and hoping that they'll end up at the right place. And the truth is, you know, there's a lot of many, there's many decisions that we make every day that we're kind of sleepwalking. We don't really pay attention. You know, when, let me give you an example. When it comes to, you know, if you're on a diet, trying to lose weight, this is something that hits me pretty much all the time. I'm thinking, you know, well, I, I want to be, you know, better and, and make better choices of what I'm going to eat. And then I kind of realize that I didn't, you know, um, plan to eat that cookie. I didn't plan to, you know, drink that uh, beverage or, or something like that there. And 
We, there's many actions that we do that we're not really voting on. We just do them, and we're not really being aware of them. And we're kind of sleepwalking in our life. If we're going to become um, the person that God desires for us to do, it's going to take discipline. It's going to take a choice. It's going to take determination. And we need to be aware of every choice that we make each and every day. You may not realize, realize this, but elephants don't bite. It's the little things in life that bite us. It's the small things that often trip us up. The Bible speaks of, uh, says it this way, it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. You know, sometimes, you know, well, we would never let the big things alter and change our life, but we may not realize it, but it's the small things that are gradually moving us away from the direction that we are, uh, what we say we want to achieve. It's going to take determination. It's going to take discipline. It's going to take determined effort. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27 says this, as Paul was saying, I, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Other translations say, I buffet my body. You know, I kind of like beat it into obedience in a way. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. In other words, I don't want to be a bad example for the Lord. I don't want to be a bad testimony. And so I'm going to keep my body in subjection. If you're going to be the disciple, we're referred to as disciples, followers of Christ. Well, the root word of disciple is discipline. It involves discipline. You can't be a disciple without discipline. And I want to take you to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 17. Well, we talk a lot about verse 16, study uh, about, about the word of God that all scripture is given, you know, and we're, we're going to get to that here in a moment. But in chapter 3, verse 17 of 2 Timothy, here we find what I believe to be God's ultimate destination. And it reads that the man of God may be perfect truly furnished unto all good works. Let me break down that word perfect. Most of the time when you have the word perfect in the New Testament, you get the Greek word teleos, meaning coming into completion, coming into maturity. But in this verse, it's arteus. And it's only translated, this word arteus is only used once in the whole Bible. And it's here at this verse. And it means being complete, being complete, that the man of God may be complete. In other words, you've arrived at the point where God wants you to be. There's not much more we can add to it. Anything adding, anything more you can add to it, then it's not perfect yet. Then it gets to the other part of this verse, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished, unto all good works. Now, it's not thoroughly. That's not the word being used here. The word being used here is throughly furnished. Now, let me give you an example of what, what this means. There's a difference between throughly and thoroughly. If I were to take a cucumber and stick it in a pickle jar into the juice, into the pickle juice, 
I can thoroughly put that cucumber in the jar and pull it back up and it will just simply be wet. It was thoroughly submerged in the pickle juice. But if I put that cucumber in the pickle juice and leave it for a couple of weeks, something's going to happen. A transformation is occurring. We're going from, th- you know, th- uh, thoroughly, it's been thoroughly put in there, but there's a process of throughly going on. Now, not only is the pickle inside the pickle juice, now the pickle juice is inside the pickle. We now have throughly furnished. And this is it, it, so that not only are we in God's word, God's word is in us. Not only are we in Christ, Christ is in us. There's a process here, and this is part of the discipline that's involved. Now, how do you get there? How does one make this happen? Well, the verse before us gives us the tools. Verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, in instruction, and in righteousness. The word doctrine, that's the first, first part. It's profitable for what? Doctrine. That's the, our core beliefs. It's our GPS. It's our compass. It's what we filter our life with. We do everything based on these values. These are our core values. Where do we get them from? Not from the preacher, not from the denomination that we're a member of, certainly not from TV, uh, certainly not from the radio, <laughs> even though there's good, you know, maybe you find good preaching there and on the TV and on the radio, but that's not where you get your core doctrines. You get it from the Word of God. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Your core beliefs, your values, everything is there. It's in the Word of God. Then it's good for reproof. The word reproof and correction is the very next thing. I used to think that the word reproof, in a sense, was kind of redundant here. It's like a, a repetition of the same thing. But, and, I, and I used to teach it, well, one is more a spiritual correction and the other one's a physical correction. When I was in Bible college, I had a professor. He would always say to us, let, young men, let me admonish you. You know, I used to think, you know, well, this is, this is admonishing. No, the actual word, the Greek word here is translated again another time in the New Testament and is found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The word reproof is this is the evidence. The evidence of what you believe in, everything you base on, you know, people say, well, why do you believe that? Well, here's my evidence. The evidence is the word of God. I believe it because God said so. Then we get to the word correction. This is where we have admonishment and so on there. Here's where the actual correction is at. Sometimes, you know, you can you can be off just even by a little bit, and it can make a big, big difference. If you were flying from L.A. to New York City and just off by 1% of your calculations, just off 1%, you can be uh, end up 150 miles off of course it can make a big difference. And then also for instruction of righteousness. And this is, you know, how we are to be living. Now, how do you get there? Let me quickly hasten there. Well, it's going to take repetition. It's going to be something that you're going to, like an athlete, an athlete has to repeat and keep working at it. And they have to be patient. Just getting out there and purchasing the best running shoes is not going to make you complete a uh, or, or running a marathon. It's going to take effort. It's going to take time to get 
down the road. Athletes have to work hard. So will we as disciples of Christ. One of my favorite basketball players, Larry Bird. I know I'm giving my, uh, my generation here, my age here. But uh, growing up from Indiana, which is the same state that I was born in, Larry Bird threw 500 free throws every morning before he went to school. He certainly wasn't the most graceful player, but he was certainly one of the best. Why? He worked at it. Be patient. It's going to take work. Venus and Serena have led the tennis world in ladies' tennis there. But even at as early as the age of seven, they were up at 6 a.m. hitting tennis balls. It takes commitment. Number two, uh, uh, number one, be patient. Number two, be faithful. Be faithful. Be faithful to the house of God. It takes three to thrive. Three to thrive. What does that mean? Three services, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. When your church is open, you be there. If you want to thrive, be faithful there and keep at it. Be faithful in the Word. Your pastor uh, can only teach you so much from the Word of God. You'll hear some things on the radio, but you need to be studying it yourself. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God. So be faithful, be patient, be faithful and pass it on. Pass it on to the next generation. Let your kids see you in the Word. I made that mistake. I was kind of private about my devotions there. I'd get in my office, and my kids didn't see me uh, in the Word and in prayer at home very much there, and that was a mistake. Let them see it. Let them see it. Don't be ashamed of it there. When it says get in your closet there, that's so that other people, you're not being a showboat to others there. But uh, teach your family, have family devotions, and pass it on to your kids. That's going to be it for today. Join us again tomorrow at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.